Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome back to the Gospel for Life. We have been dealing with how to figure out what's essential or non-essential. How do we engage with brothers and sisters in Christ that we disagree with on issues and how do we determine uh, how important or less important they might be and how much um, dog we have in the fight. Um, and we've working through an article by Kevin DeYoung and we've looked at establishing the essentials of the faith. Second, we looked at listening to the communion of the saints. And today we're dealing with distinguishing between landing theology and launching theology. And we know that that might be some new phraseology, landing theology versus launching. So our resident expert, Josh Bales, yeah. is yeah, going as a, to As I'm reading us, this for the first time, okay, what is he saying here now? <laughs> is going to talk us through this, this difference. So um, launching theology is essentially, you know, what are our starting points? And landing theology is what are our ending points. So launching theology, you're going to begin with the same premises, although you, you might end with different conclusions. So for instance, between two eschatological or end times views, post-millennialism being one and all millennialism being another, they're going to, they're going to differ in where they land, their landing theology, but their launching theology is essentially going to be the same. So they're not starting off in a different place. They're just landing. They're just interpreting texts differently. In contrast to that, the doctrine of Scripture is an example of launching theology. So if, if I believe that Scripture is inerrant and I have another fellow professing Christian who believes it has errors in it, then we are starting off in fundamentally different places. So our, landing, our launching theology is different. An example I used to always use is that when I was in high school and college, I did roofing with my, my dad in the summer times. We, I don't know how many roofs that I've been on. Um, but when you're laying a shingle, the most important shingle that you're going to lay is the first one of a row. If you lay that shingle and it's not square to the roof, it's not a big deal for that one shingle that's three foot long. But if the expanse of the roof is 120 feet, if you're off by an eighth of an inch and it's going up slightly by that eighth and you continue that across the roof, that eighth of an inch on one end is going to be several inches off on the other end. That's launching theology. I did it. I, I used to be a tile setter before I uh, was a pastor, and I actually um, did a bank downtown. I will not tell you which bank it was. Uh, I gridded it out. You know, I snapped the chalk lines, and uh, when I was snapping the chalk lines off of the the main wall, I measured an inch off, and so it within this uh, bank, my whole 
grid was crooked. And I didn't realize it until I was about 80% of the way done. This was a massive bank. And my cuts along the opposite wall started shrinking until they were into a sliver. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I went back and measured. And I'm like, I was off an inch, an inch. And it messed up the whole floor. So that's launching theology, where there are starting points that that matter, and then there's landing theology. So let's just well, take another um, another. Well, go ahead, Jonathan. Well, you know, we're, we're actually talking uh, how do we disagree, and so one of the one of the launching points you might say would be would be um, the subject of Christian liberty. Well, how did that apply in life? Well, and this is an important this is an important one where you have to consider the apostle Paul now he has two he has two um you know pastoral students you might say one of them's Timothy one of them's Titus and in one case he circumcises he he circumcises Timothy he refuses to circumcise mm, that's Ti- a great example Titus why did he why did he do that because what was at stake was the gospel yeah for instance, uh, with the refusal to circumcise Titus, there were some saying, "If you don't circumcise Titus, you're not a Christian. Yeah. He's not a he's you know." And and the other one, he's saying, "We want with Timothy." He says, "You know, we're going to go to this city, and we want to be, have a great progress in the gospel, and we don't want to become an offense. So we are going to you know, for the progress of the gospel." Timothy. Yeah. Uh, gets circumcised. The launching point was Christian freedom. He, they were free not to or free to. Yeah. But when it came down to an article of faith, we're not going to do this. You're making it an article of faith. Can I use a maybe a different example? So I have a friend who, um, so I personally believe in uh, six literal 24-hour days of creation. I have a friend who um, believes in six days, but he believes that those days are, are not literal 24 hours. So we land in a different place. And of course, I, I want to try to convince him that he's wrong, but I'm interested in where he's launching from. Is he motivated to interpret Genesis differently because he feels pressure from the secular world? He wants to be in step with trendy science. Or is he launching from the same place that I am? Namely, he believes in the inspired word of God, the inerrant word of God. He believes in a careful hermeneutic well, if that's the case, if we're launching from the same place, well, then I'm less concerned about him landing where he's landing um, than if he was motivated in or- to try to make the Bible comport to current secular trends. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sure. So let's take another example. Reformed Baptists and us in the room both agree and on the covenant. Covenant theology. We launch from the same spot. We all agree in covenantal theology. We land differently on what does that mean with baptism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Same launching spot. Yep. Which is different than if I disagree with somebody that's not a Reformed Baptist and just believes in credo-baptism, we've launched from a different spot. Yep. Um, They see more of a dispensational view, launching pad, versus a covenantal um, unified view of, of Scripture. Different launching, we also have different landing. Yep. But those conversations are going to be much different between those two different groups. Yep. Well, it does get confusing because even within those things, you know, uh, you mentioned the dispensationalists, but when we, but they might be 
launching from the same place. You know, their their launches they believe faithfully in the in the scripture. In fact, there's been great cooperation in uh, you know coming up with statements about. Uh, the inerrancy of Scripture with uh, a dispensationalist versus a non-millennialist, and that so that launches the same on that level. Yeah. Um, you know, and then then there becomes disagreements in yeah. a number of di- other different. Can I bring parts a, of theology. a very practical example? Mm-hmm. So I was um, just going to ask if I could bring up something that so, might so be controversial. Let's talk about masks for a second. Okay, that's where in, I was going in the church. <laughs> so. Um, let's start with the with the landing first of all. You have two sets of Christians that are landing in a different position. One are pro masks, one are anti masks. It is exceedingly uncharitable to accuse the other side of launching in a different position. In other words, Russ, uh, you disagree with me on masks. You must not love your neighbor. You must not care about the Bible. You must not care about Christian liberty. That's accusing or, the other or, person about launching from a different place. That's or that I don't I don't know and understand the science yeah. is the other accusation that mm-hmm. can go. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where I think we just have to be careful because you could have two people that are both well read, learned, understand the science know the data, so they're starting from the same working premise of they understand the disease. These people might then land in different spots. Mm -hmm. Leading scientists and medical professionals have come to different landing positions, some Mm -hmm. saying that we need to quarantine simply those that are most at risk, and we allow society to function with widespread freedom on this issue because it's okay for those that are less at risk to get COVID and work towards herd immunity. Um, leading scientists of the world have signed documents on this. Mm-hmm. It, they don't deny the virus. They don't deny the science. They just come to a different conclusion mm-hmm. as those that look at the science and say, no, what we need are shutdowns. Mm-hmm. What we mm-hmm. need are mass mandates. What we need are, are quarantines, not just for the most vulnerable, but basically for most of society. Mm-hmm. Well, here you have the same launch spot. They landed differently. Mm-hmm. Well, then it's, it's not charitable to then say, well, one of them cares about people and the other one doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, they've come to a different conclusion based upon the data that they both agree with. If you've ever been to the Creation Museum, I think this is absolutely one of its greatest strengths because what they basically do is they say creationists and evolutionists have the same data. They have the same facts. They launch from the same spot with regard to the science. They land differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's true on so many things. But yeah. what we do is we accuse people yeah. of launching from different perspectives sometimes when they're not. You know, Romans 14 is such a helpful chapter yeah. in the Bible because uh, Paul is addressing the Romans with these particular problems. Should I eat meat or should I only eat vegetables? Should I observe these holy days or should I not? And Paul doesn't even engage in the question of who's right or who's wrong. He tells He's, us. He tells you that God welcomes these people. Yep, both of them. Yep. There's the. There's your foundational point. They're mm-hmm. they're both believers, and 
and one does it unto the Lord, the other does it unto the Lord. So and this you is a doctrine not, on how to disagree. So and you should not pass judgment on the person on the person that does it unto the Lord in a different way that you did. That's right. And that's a doctrine and that's an important it's Romans fourteen is a doctrine and it's a command. We are not allowed to disagree in particular ways. I am not allowed to treat you like a lesser Christian if you disagree with me. I am commanded by the Lord mm-hmm. Jesus Christ to welcome you as he has welcomed me. How has he welcomed me? He's welcomed me with all of my flaws, all of my disagreements, all of my sin, and that is a command. And then he, and, and at the end, he's, he's, he's saying, do not for the sake of food, your opinion about food, do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Do not for the sake of masks destroy, destroy the, the work, work of, of God. God. And I think what I would just add to that is, We're not saying that you're not allowed to have strong opinions. You may have strong opinions on whether that was mass or other things that we've brought up. That's not the point. The point is, what do you do with those strong opinions? How do you engage with your brother and sister in Christ? If that strong opinion makes you um, demonize them, think less of them, undermines fellowship, then we're dealing with things that are revealing a more significant issue um, that needs to be prayerfully dealt with. Well, we'll come back to all of this tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Um, This has been the Gospel for Life. 